0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay. It is September, which means listener request month is rolling on. So this week, request comes from somebody on Instagram who goes by the name of Insane Roleplayer. Uh, he actually, and and this was a trend that I actually got with a lot of the requests. He actually asked me a question, and uh, I thought it would actually make a pretty good episode. So pretty much what he or she, because I'm not really sure, uh, what he or she asked me was, you know, what was, it wasn't so much, what was the worst movie you ever saw? It was like, what was the most disappointing film, uh, you ever saw? And I kind of like clarified it with, uh, him or her, uh, really just sort of like saying, Hey, what movie were you sort of really looking forward to seeing? And once you saw it, like, you were really, really let down, and I definitely think I picked a really, really good one here, or should I say a really bad one here, so the film that really let me down, and not only let me down, but pretty much let down my entire family, and has probably gone on to be called probably one of the worst films ever, 2010's The Last Airbender, Um, yeah, this was a massive, massive, Massive disappointment. Now, the reason why this film was such a disappointment is uh, Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender uh, was on from 2005 to 2008, and my family was heavily invested in it. Myself, my daughter Diana, my wife, even my father in law. My father in law, who at the time was actually staying with us, um, you know, he was staying with us to help us out uh, every Friday all four of us would sit down to watch the adventures of Avatar The Last uh, Last Airbender, of Aang, Katara, you know, what's going on with Prince Zuko and the Fire Nation, earthbending, airbending, Water. I mean, you know, and that's the thing, is is I don't want to get really too deep into Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, that series, or Korra, or anything like that, because that's something I really like to talk about in the future. Uh, hopefully Diana will come on with me because I know she was, she was and still to this day is a huge fan of both, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Um, but I can tell you for a fact that she is not a big fan of this series at all. Or, I mean, you know, I mean to say, uh, the film The Last Airbender, which came out in 2010. Now, here's the thing. Like I said, the series wrapped up, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, wrapped up in 2008, and it was a phenomenal series. Like I said, from my daughter, who pretty much grew up with this series, you know, from age five to age eight, um, myself, my wife, even my father-in-law, you know, we were heavily invested in it. We really, really loved it. But I don't think any of us really thought, like, wow, wouldn't it be great if they made a live-action film like this? And I think... You know, not to rant and rave and, and go off the rails here too much. To me, that's kind of the problem of Hollywood is, you know what? You see something like that and you're like, let's let's make a movie out of it. You know, it was a hit, let's make a movie out of it. Oh, hey, there's a book that all the kids are reading, let's make a movie out of it. You don't have to do that all the time. In fact, why don't you come up with something original? Or, you know, expand upon what you had there in in the animated series even though that's something else i really wouldn't like because if you're going to do that let the creators of the animated series do it let them do it in their style which is why you know we got legend of korra which is why we got you know the companion comics and whatnot that kind of told the story of what happened uh once uh avatar the last airbender you know went off the air um that's what that's for You know, Hollywood really needs to, instead of just, let's reboot something. Hey, what was that cool thing that people liked back in the 80s? Let's just do it again. Hey, what's that cool show the kids seem to like? Or the book that they're reading? You know, what is that? Hey, what video game is really, really hot? Instead of doing all that, please come up with something original. I am now going to get off of my soapbox and continue to talk about this trash called The Last Airbender. Now obviously, you know, or maybe not so obviously, it couldn't be called Avatar The Last Airbender because James Cameron's film Avatar was coming out, uh, I think, to avoid confusion. Perhaps there was a lawsuit. You know, who knows? Whatever. It was called simply The Last Airbender. Um, I mean, again, I was not Looking for them to make a film. I did not. I didn't have any desire to see a live action version of this. And I know now Netflix. Uh, you know they're in talks and pre production, or maybe it's it's actually being filmed right now. Uh, you know, there's talks of doing a live action series on Netflix. Why? Again, the animated series was perfect. Legend of Korra was really really good, and I'm going to discuss those in future episodes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and there's no need to expand upon it. There's no need to keep it going, continue it, do it in a different medium or anything like that. It was fine the way it is. It's something that, to this day, it still holds up. Why? Stop. Please. So who do we have to blame for this? Who do we have to blame for this travesty? Uh, I blame... The daughter or daughters of one M. Night Shyamalan, and I blame M. Night Shyamalan himself, but I, I blame his kids, because basically what happens is, as he explains it, because he's really responsible for this, for this, you know, because he didn't just direct this, you know, he produced it, he wrote it, or he co-wrote it, and, you know, here's the deal. So, way back when, uh, he asked his daughter or daughters, he asked his kids, basically, or, you know, he's like, hey, what do you guys want to be for Halloween? I'm M. Night Shyamalan. I'm a creepy guy. I love Halloween. Well, I don't think he said it like that. But he pretty much, he asked his daughter or, or you know, he asked his kids, hey, what do you guys want to be for Halloween? And his daughter said, I want to be Katara. And he was like, what's a Katara? And <sighs> she had to introduce him to Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, he saw it. He got hooked, which, look, I get it. Look, my father-in-law, who was in his 60s, going on to his 70s, loved this show. It was a cartoon, and he loved it. That's how engaging it was. So I can't fault M. Night Shyamalan for falling in love with this series, but I can fault him for, for him thinking, I'm going to make this into a movie. Here's the thing when they first announced it and the first trailer came out the teaser trailer where we see the air temple and uh you know they kind of zoom in and we see a uh, uh Aang doing his air bending and he's putting out the candles and then they pan out and we see you know uh the navy of the fire nation coming and and uh you know fireballs getting launched okay all right kind of exciting uh, you know, further trailers would come out where we see a little bit more airbending. We do see Appa, the flying bison. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do I need to say it? Do I need to say spoilers? Do I need to like go into any of this stuff? I mean, if you're gotten this far listening, you know, something about the film and you definitely know something about the series. So I don't think I really need to go into in-depth detail here or, or say spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, You know, as the trailers were coming out, part of me who loved the series was like, "Wow, I'm going to get to see this! I'm going to get to see live action! I'm going to get to see live action!" I think what I was really excited for is I was going to see live action bending—you know, air bending, earth bending, fire bending, water bending—all of that. I was going to get to see that live, and I thought that's actually pretty cool because look. If you watch this series, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you were six years old or 60 years old, I'm sure at some point while watching this series or talking about it or, or, you know, whatever, that thought entered your mind is, wouldn't it be cool to be a bender? Which kind of bender would you want to be? And, you know, the thought of like, wow, we're going to see live action bending. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. But then there was a part of me going, how are they going to make this into a movie? So now, again, I mean, if you've come this far, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with, with Avatar The Last Airbender, the animated series, on Nickelodeon. If not, it, like I said, it went over three years because they broke it up into three books. Uh, you know, book one was water, book two was earth, book three was fire. Uh, supposedly, there was going to be a book for air, which kind of took place after uh, the defeat of Fire Lord Ozai and, and Aang and Zuko working on bringing balance back to the world. Uh, it never materialized, whatever. But basically, I mean, this is three years of content. You know, you're not making one film out of this. So, my thought is, is right away is, okay, this, this, this movie, The Last Airbender is going to be book one. Uh, and I believe, and I, and I think I remember, you know, when, when we went in there and we, we sat down with our 3d glasses, more on that in a minute. Um, when the film starts, it's, you know, yeah, book one water. Even still, I was like, there's a lot of content there. I mean, that's a season. I mean, it's not, you know, this is, there's a lot, there's a lot in book one, water, how are you going to boil this down to a two-hour film, well, they didn't, they couldn't, I mean, it was really hard, and it was impossible, maybe if you had a gifted writer, you could have done it, but you didn't, you had M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, he ruined it, he really ruined it, Um, I mean, I think the reason this film was just so disappointing was because the series was so beloved my daughter loved it my wife loved it like I said my father-in-law who was in his 60s he loved it the four of us went to the theater and and when the lights came back on and we took off our 3d glasses thankfully I remember turning to my father-in-law I remember turning to my father-in-law and looking at him and he looked at me and he was like, he looked confused. He was like, what What happened? Why, why did they do that? And I didn't have an answer for him. And I looked at my daughter and she wasn't crying but she was, she just looked heartbroken. She really looked heartbroken because this was a series. Like I said, we devoted every Friday night, Friday night, 730 Nickelodeon. We were there, you know, uh, you know, we would watch reruns of this. I mean, we love this show. Um, a couple of years back, maybe a year or two ago. Um, my sister-in-law came over from the Philippines and she, uh, she brought our niece, uh, who is, uh, was about five, six years old and I guess, you know, back home, she had started to watch The Last Airbender, so she was like, can I watch The Last Airbender? Uh, You know, I have Amazon, and uh, I was able to rent it. I rented the seasons, uh, you know, and we would binge it, the whole family. I would sit there with her she really, really enjoyed it, you know, and then Diana started kind of creeping into the room, and my wife, and, and everybody, you know, we really remembered why we love that show. I mean, and again, I'm going to do a separate show on, uh you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, and... um And of course Legend of Korra and probably just you know I'm probably gonna do multiple episodes on it so I really don't want to get too in detail with that right now but there was so much to love from the characters to the story and and even even you know I mean the main story obviously is look Aang is the avatar uh you know he's able to bend all four elements uh he's supposed to be the spiritual leader of the world uh the protector of the world and uh you know because Aang Who was the current uh, who was the current Avatar when it was kind of thrust upon him at a very young age? The fact that look, the Fire Nation is rising to power; they want to take over the world. You know, it's time to stop being a kid and it's time to start being an Avatar. Like we have to rush your training. And, and make you the Avatar to start to stop Fire Lord Sozin. Uh, you know, he he didn't want that responsibility. He he ran from it. Uh of course, you know, there was a terrible storm. Uh he went into the Avatar state. He locked he he locked himself and his air bison Appa, you know, pretty much in a in a giant tomb of ice and a hundred years later was discovered by uh, the Southern Water tribe uh by Katara and her brother Sokka. Um you know, and I mean, we know that that's a story, is is that Aang has to basically learn all four elements, and he has to, you know, fight Fire Lord Ozai and pretty much save the world. There were so many side stories and subplots that, that we loved, and, and like I said, the characters were so beloved. And also the fact, too, that... Again, kind of like when I talked about Dora and the City of Gold, and I kind of said that, you know, that film and even the TV series, Dora the Explorer, you know, it wasn't really thrown in our face like, Dora's Hispanic, Dora's Hispanic, you know, did she teach us some Spanish? Yes, absolutely. Did she teach us about, you know, Latin culture? Yes, she did. But it wasn't obnoxious, and it wasn't in your face, where... Avatar the Last Airbender, or I should just say, you know, you know, the world of Avatar, you know, including Legend of Korra. You know, you have multi-ethnic cultures, and you can tell that they are based upon, you know, real-world cultures, uh, Asian and Inuit cultures. And, you know, a lot of people have studied this and, and, and written papers on it, and there's tons of YouTube videos on it, you know, that primarily, like, you know, the, uh, the Fire Nation is, pri- they're pretty much the Japanese. Um earthbenders are Koreans, um, the waterbenders are Inuits, and the airbenders, I believe, they're supposed to be like Tibetan or, you know, perhaps even Chinese. Um, you know, that's kind of like where the cultures come from, and that's kind of like the styles that they're drawn in come from, and here comes big problem. Number one with this film is the casting. M. Night Shyamalan said, I made this cast very diverse. You know, that I was looking to do this very, very diversely. Well, you made all the bad guys brown people, M. Night Shyamalan, and you made all the good guys white people. And yes, scattered in there, there were there were diff- different ethnicities. Oh, I can really speak well today. There were diff- different ethnicities all throughout the film, but for the most part, every single member of the Fire Nation was of Middle Eastern or Indian descent. Uh, you know, Dev Patel, who... I think was the one and only, perhaps, high spot of this film uh, as Prince Zuko, Um, you know, everybody in the Fire Nation was essentially a brown person, and they were the bad guys, and, you know, you have Noah Ringer, who was a a young martial artist. I, I think he starred in a couple other films after this. He played Aang. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he's not Aang. In the film, he's Ang, And here's the thing. You watch Avatar The Last Airbender. From minute one to the very end of that show, he's Aang. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You know, he, he is Avatar Aang. You watch A Legend of Korra, we talk about Avatar Aang. Tenzin's the son of Avatar Aang. You know, there's, there's no debate here. You know, his name is Aang, but you know, m Night Shyamalan, cuz he knows better than us. He decided, you know, no, nah, I think I'm going to call him Ong. No, you don't do that. You don't. Like you, you just you just don't. You know, it's like I don't know, I can't even draw a comparison. Um but it's 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 utterly ridiculous. So, you know, Noah Ringer who played Ong uh, was a little white kid. Uh, the actress who played Katara, who they actually said her name correctly, was a little white girl. Uh, Jackson Rathbone, who was, I guess, famous for playing one of the vampires in the Twilight Saga. I don't know which one. Definitely wasn't Edward. That's that's all I know. He was one of the members of Edward's family. It wasn't the big muscular guy. Uh, he was the other guy, not the dad. The other one. You know, if you're a Twilight fan, you probably know who I'm talking about because I don't. Well, he was Sokka. No, I'm sorry, he was Soka. Okay. So we're gonna change the names and we're gonna change the look. I mean, it's just it, it just was not getting off to a good start, this film is is, you know Now, here's the thing. You watch Avatar the Last Airbender, ang is carefree, he's a kid, he's an 11 year old kid, you know, I mean, this, this, this show was famous for Sokka and Katara discover Aang, you know, he, he, he's trapped in this giant, you know, iceberg essentially, um, you know, Katara uses her water bending to open it up, and, you know, they find a boy in there, and, you know, he, he wakes up, and it's Aang, and he sees Katara, Katara's the first person he sees, and it's love at first sight, spoiler alert, um, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh, are you alright? right, and he's like, come closer, she's like, what, what do you want, closer, and he just perks up, he goes, will you go penguin sledding with me, I mean, that's Aang, Aang was a little kid, and he was carefree, and he loved to have fun, Aang, on the other hand, was this mopey dopey, dreary kid, who couldn't act, I mean, I believe at the time, Noah Ringer probably actually was 11 years old. I mean, he was pretty young, and he wasn't known as an actor. I mean, he was a martial artist, you know, at the time. He, I don't believe he started anything at all, so he's not an actor. Can I really fault him for that? No, I can't, you know, because this is who they cast, and, you know, they directed him as they directed him. He did the best he could. I will say, though, however, again, take the effects away you know the bending effects away because they're god awful when we see i'm just gonna call him ang i can't do it i can't call him Ong. when we see ang in the film going through the motions of doing the bending doing air bending and eventually water bending i mean his martial arts it's it's phenomenal the movements that he does is phenomenal please take away all the special effects that relate to his bending and it's phenomenal um but it's just like, it, it just, the character wasn't the same. None of these characters were the same. You know, Katara is, you know, she starts off as sort of like the bossy, the bossy sister to Sokka, and, you know, she feels responsible for Aang, and she's going to kind of take care of him, so she's a bit kind of like the bossy sister, a bit motherly, a little bit of a know it all, but, you know, with a heart of gold. The Katara we get in this film is like, I've heard this term, you know, that some other, like, like, movie critic podcasters and whatnot, kind of say some of these, like, teen actors that came out in the 2000s and kind of even, you know, mill about through to today, the dead-eyed teenager, just, you know, staring straight ahead, mouth slightly agape, just like, you know, either they have no idea why they're there, they don't care why they're there, I mean, Katara and Sokka in this film, were just, it was god-awful, and Sokka, I mean, if you watched The Last Airbender, the animated series, of course, Sokka is a fan favorite, I mean, Sokka is, he's that arrogant guy, you know who he is, you know, he knows everything, and he's the greatest warrior, and he's the comic relief, Jackson Rathbone as Sokka, I mean, yeah, he shaved the sides of his head and pulled it back into a ponytail like Sokka has, and that's about it. Um, The beauty, the beauty of the animated series was it had an amazing story, and each episode where they would kind of deviate away from the main plot, some of the side adventures that they would get into, I mean, were great stories, interjected with humor, usually provided by Sokka and Aang. I mean, you know, Sokka... I mean, Sokka was originally seen as just, he's like, hey, he's the goofy comedy relief. But, you know, as the series progressed, we saw what a deep character he really, really was. And really what an effective leader he was. And he turned out to actually be a very good warrior. Um, you know, he was the one member of Team Avatar that had no bending abilities whatsoever. But he was just as capable as, as any of the others. Um, in this film, he's just some teen actor. Or young adult actor, you know. I don't think Jackson Rathbone was a teenager. You know, he's probably in his early twenties. I don't know. Um I mean, just just the acting and and the characterization. I mean, we look at the other side. Again, to me, the only actor and character that they did a good job with was uh Prince Zuko, played by Dev Patel. Um he kind of captured, you know, that hubris that gravitas that, that you got from the cartoon, the banished prince who's looking to restore his honor and, and please his father, even though he's not even sure if he really wants to please his father. He just wants his honor restored. He wants to go back to the Fire Nation with his head held high, told by his father that he did a job well done, and he's pursuing the Avatar. Um, Dev Patel did a very, very good job of portraying him. Here's the other thing, though, is... One of, one of Zuko's distinctive things, I mean, is the burn, the scar, the scar on his face that, you know, he was burned by his father uh, during a duel because he refused to fight his father. Um, I mean, come on, Hollywood. I mean creature guys back in the 70s and 80s, guys that used to do practical effects and makeup, could have done a better job than whatever the heck you put on Dev Patel's face. Uh, You know, you have CGI nowadays, you know, green screen that side of his face and give us a funky looking scar. I mean, it kind of looked like, you know, maybe he slept outside and and that side was kind of lifted up to the sun a little bit and he got a little bit of a burn. I mean, it didn't even look like a burn at all. Um, But other than that, I mean, Dev Patel as Prince Zuko, was probably the only high point here, Uncle Iro. You know his uncle, his his you know his real father figure, dispenser of wisdom and a purveyor of you know every teen known to man. Um, you know again, you know I'm not sure who the actor is that portrayed him. But I've seen him in other things, and he's a very good actor, and he did a good job here. He wasn't Uncle Iro. You know he was not Iro at all. You know, a lot of these characters, aside from Prince Zuko, were generic. They were just generic. People going through generic things. You know, Aang was just this little kid who was like, Oh, go am the Avatar. And Katara's is like, Well, guess we gotta get you to the North Pole, the train you water bending. And Sokka's like, Yeah, I'm gonna come along too. You know, and Uncle Iro's like, Yeah, I'm here with you, Prince Zuko. I mean, they were just going through the motions. It was it was just terrible. Now, Way back when, when I started this episode, I talked about the fact that this film is based on book one, you know, which was, had to at least be 20 episodes long. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was a lot of content. You know, people were like, hey, where are the Kyoshi Warriors? I mean, they figured to be key in in book one, and later on in the series, well, we don't get that at all. What we get is, you know, we get the discovery of Aang in the iceberg, and, and, and Prince Zuko showing up, and their great escape, and we do see Opa the Flying Bison, and the CGI is absolutely horrible. Horrible, and it's it's terrible. Uh, you know, we see him going to the air temple. You know, because he's convinced that his people are still alive. Then they're going to travel to the North Pole so he can learn water bending. Now, in the series, what we got is this is a series of adventures along the way. Uh, they met the Kyoshi Warriors. They met Jet. Uh, you know, there was, and this was this was the big no no when I saw this was uh, there was a, a very good episode where um, on their way to the North Pole, they come to a territory. It's a it's an Earthbend, you know, it's in the Earth Kingdom, but it's controlled by the Fire Nation, and the Fire Nation is outlawing all Earthbenders. And Katara discovers a young boy uh, who is an earthbender, uh, but he's practicing in secret because he tells her when she goes to talk to him, he tells her that, like, no, if they discover I'm an earthbender, they're going to take me away like they did my father and all the other earthbenders in the village. So... You know, long story short, the boy gets captured and Katara goes to rescue. She's determined because she believes it's her fault that this boy got captured. Uh, So her, Sokka, and Aang, you know, head out to rescue them. And here's the thing. We get this in the film where they come come across a prison for earthbenders. Now, here's the big difference, and here's why it's such a crime. So in the animated series, you know, I'm sure you saw the episode, uh, you know, Katara poses as an earthbender. Uh, She gets taken to the prison, which... I mean, look, they're earthbenders, so we're going to put this prison on a metal platform out in the middle of the ocean. There's no earth. Their element is not there. There's absolutely no chance for them to revolt whatsoever. What we get in the film is, is we just get in the middle of the land. You know, it's a prison. It's like there's a fence, and there's all these earthbenders just milling about, sitting down on the ground, the element that they can bend, and there's nothing in place that prevents them from bending. Except for the fact that they just simply won't do it, and in the animated series, uh, you know, Ang, Sokka, and Katara come up with a plan that um, you know, Ang is going to he's going to sneak in because this platform it's it's like um, it produces machinery or something. So um, you know, the furnace is pretty much powered by coal, uh, which of course is Earth. So Aang is going to use his Earth, uh, his air bending. Uh, he's going to shut the all the vents, and then he's going to blow the coal out onto the main deck, and the Earthbender should then be able to use it to fight back. <clears throat> and what we get in this episode is, is you know, that happens, and Katara tries to rally them, but they are so beaten and so defeated, you know, that the, the, the guy that, that heads up this, this prison, who is voiced by George Takei, who does a phenomenal job. <laughs> Foolish girl! I mean it's just so great it's such a great scene Katara gives this impassioned speech and you know it looks like all hope is lost until the earthbenders rise up and they fight back and they you know they defeat the fire nation out here in their little territory what we get in the film is 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 again they're in the outdoors and we get Katara saying rise up and fight the avatar is here There's earth all around you. You can bend it. Which I'm sitting there, before she even gets there, I'm like, why aren't they just earthbending? There's like 10 guards and 500 earthbenders. Why aren't they earthbending? I mean, there's nothing there to prevent them. They're sitting on the ground. I don't see any kind of restraining device on them or anything, you know? Just do it. And she gives this half-hearted speech, and then they finally do it. And this is where we get horrible 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 bending effects because again when you watch the animated series all the bending styles you know air earth fire water uh, were all based on very distinctive martial arts, based on the, you know, you know, they didn't just say, hey, this looks like a cool martial art, let's throw it in there. Um, the earthbending styles were very grounded styles of martial arts. Um, you know, later on, when Toph, who goes on to become one of the greatest earthbenders ever, is introduced, because she is self-taught, she has her own style, but yet it's a very grounded style, a very grounded, powerful style, where air is more kind of based on a Tai Chi type of style, flowing this and that what we get here is, you know, we're watching Earthbending, and we see a group of Earthbenders go through this series of um, martial arts moves in sequence, and, and a rock floats across the screen. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, this is just god awful. I mean, the the, the injustice, the injustice of this film." Um, Again, one another big flaw in the film is, you know, we're watching it, and they don't say it until the very end, but I was getting very, very suspicious. When we see the Fire Nation, and the Firebenders specifically, they're toting around their own fire. They're carrying torches or lanterns or whatnot, and I was almost sort of like, I, I don't think they're generating the fire themselves, you know, going back to X2 when Pyro's basically saying, I can only control it, I can't produce the fire. You watch the animated series, though, they produce fire. They don't manipulate it or control it like they don't need a torch or or a forest fire or a match or something. They can just produce the fire and control it as well. Um because we get a scene at the end where iroh you know who is this very revered general but you know we kind of know the story of what happened with him you know he became disgraced and sort of is looked at as a joke now displays why he's the greatest or one of the most revered firebenders because we get a scene where he begins to firebend and all the other firebender firebenders around him are going he's firebending without fire and i'm yelling at the screen that is firebending you morons." M. Night Shyamalan, thanks for ruining it. Thanks for ruining Avatar The Last Airbender with this completely horrible, tasteless, disgusting film that just had brilliant source material, and you decided to, what you did is you took that source material, you know, I imagine it as a giant script. He's like, oh, wow, here's the source material for Avatar The Last Airbender. And he puts it down, and he turns around, and he unbuckles his pants, and he takes a giant poop right on top of it. Uh, for a guy who said that his daughter told him she wanted to be guitar for Chris uh, for Halloween and got to watch the series, and fell in love with it, and I loved the multicultural, multicultural, I love all the different cultures in it, Uh, you know, who then did a nightmare job of casting this film, and he loved the storytelling, and he hacked that story to pieces, Um, you know, I mean, still to this day, he kind of floats it every once in a while, like, hey, don't worry, book two's cut, no, it's not, I mean, especially if Netflix is going to be putting out a live-action series, pretty much, which which is going to Replicate the animated series. Netflix, please don't do that. Um, yeah, I think there's no hope, thank God, for another M. Night Shyamalan, um, Avatar, The Last Airbender, World of Avatar, whatever you want to call it, Avatar, uh, or The Airbender, uh, Last Airbender, Book 2, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this film's just not coming, thank God. But, yeah, I mean, I think out of all the films that, um, I was really looking forward to seeing. I think this one had the biggest disappointment because, again, leaving the theater, seeing my daughter just looking so dejected, just going, "Why? Why did they do that?" And seeing my father-in-law confused, like, "What happened? Like, why did they do that?" That was terrible. Like, he was, he was disappointed. My wife was disappointed. I was disappointed. I was broken-hearted. My dream of seeing live-action bending was a huge disappointment because the effects were horrible. And in fact, uh, 3D was really starting to hit it big. So what they did is they actually went back and they were like, oh, we put in the effects for the bending. We're going to do it all over again to enhance it for the 3D audience. And we saw it in 3D. And I think the only reason we saw it in 3D was... Um, yeah, you know, we saw at the opening weekend, sir, so shows were selling out. So it was really kind of the only show we were able to see. It didn't add anything to it. And again, when you watch the animated series, and this is probably something that you know, I guess with animation is easier to do. But even though I think nowadays with CGI. It would be easy to do. It seems like it's more flowing. You know, the bending is more flowing. Uh, You know, we see the characters do movements, and we see their elements responding in unison. Uh, Where here, we get a series of complicated maneuvers, and a rock flies across the screen. A gust of wind goes across the screen. You know, some water kind of flows across the screen, and that's not really how it goes. And I don't know if it's, it's if they didn't have the technology to do it, or the people behind it just didn't know what they were doing. I think it's the latter. But that's why this is probably one of the the most disappointing films I have ever seen in my life. And to this day, I I saw it one time in the theaters. If it comes on TV, I just keep going. I don't even stop. It's just that bad. Guys, thanks for listening. Listener Request Month is going to roll on. Uh, I mean, yes, next week, the month will come to an end. So I'm going to try to squeeze in one, perhaps two more episodes. I really hope you're enjoying it because I'm enjoying doing it. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.